Hi, this is Caroline. I am super excited by a new feature that I have available for you. If you go to my show notes, you'll see a link that says, I would love to hear from you. Text message me here. Yes, you can now text message me. So if you have any thoughts about an episode, if you've got ideas for an episode, if you'd just like to connect and say hi, then click on that link. I'd love to hear from you. Hi there, I'm Caroline Thor, professional organiser, KonMari consultant, teacher and mum of three. I started off my life as a mum feeling overwhelmed, disorganised and desperately trying to carve out some time for me amongst the nappies, chaos and clutter. One day, one small book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying changed everything and I began to learn strategies for making everyday life easier. Today I have the systems in place that means life can throw almost anything at me and I want to share them with you. If you're an overwhelmed mum struggling to keep it together, then this is the podcast for you. Grab a coffee and settle in for a quick chat with someone who gets your reality. Welcome back to Living Clutter Free Forever. I hope the first week of 2024 has been kind to you if you're listening to this when this episode comes out. I actually recorded back in, I think it was November, and I'm talking to Julia Brickman. Now, Julia is an MBTI certified master practitioner. I'll let her explain what that is in a bit, who is passionate about helping people enhance their lives and relationships by understanding how their personality type affects their lives, including organization skills. And when I heard that this was Julia's speciality, I just knew I had to have her as a guest on this podcast. And you are going to love what she has to say. It is going to help you in so many ways. So I will let Julia explain what she does and I hope you enjoy this episode. Julia, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Caroline. I'm I'm happy to be here on your show. I'm excited to be here. So I said a little bit about you in my introduction before um, we came on air. So perhaps would you like to tell everyone a little bit about, about yourself, introduce yourself to us? Yes. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Julia Brickman. I'm a wife, a mom, and I'm an entrepreneur. And I live here in Fort Worth, Texas. So I've been married for over 25 years, and I've raised a family. My son is now 22, so he's a full adult. And he has his own tech startup company. So a little bit about my background. I have about 20 years experience working in the tech industry where I've co-founded and managed companies with my husband. So we've worked together for over 20 years nonstop. So we have used personality type to really understand each other so um, we can learn how to work together and not fight all the time, which has been really important. So I was just going to say, that's quite an ask to work with your husband, because most people, if you said that to them, they would be like, oh, no, horrendous. Yes. I mean, when we first started out, it was... It was, it was like that. <laughs> we were constantly competing with each other. We didn't know really where our own lane was. And so once I started using personality type and when I got certified in personality, the MBTI, it really was like an aha moment of, oh my gosh, that's exactly why we argue. 
So it really helped us bring peace in our marriage and understanding who we were and where our strengths were and where we can lean on each other, but also not um, get upset with somebody because it's their value. It's how their brain is wired and what they're needing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I just like anytime anyone says they work with their spouse, I'm like, respect. That's very, (laughs) that's very cool. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Especially after COVID when everybody's working from home and we work together 24 seven, basically. So we've really had to learn how to, how, how to work with each other. Um, And personality type really has been that key foundation for that. But uh, even though I've been working in tech, my whole uh, mission in life is to help families. So even the tech products I develop is based on families and uniting families together. And I specialize in human behavior and helping families create just a really awesome dynamic within their family so that they can each be who they are meant to be and work together in harmony. And that is just, I'm sure, the goal for most families, that things are harmonious. That's the, yes. the gold pot at the end of the rainbow that everyone's striving for. So, Julia... Please, can you explain to us what MBTI stands for? What does it all mean? Yes, so I'm sure a lot of people probably heard that term, the MBTI. It stands for the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. So Myers-Briggs are uh, the people who created it, Catherine Briggs and and Isabella Myers. They were a mother-daughter team, which is amazing. So they basically created it over 100 years ago and um, work together on personality type. The MBTI is the most used personality psychological assessment worldwide. So over 2 million people use it every year. And it is the most uh, researched and validated personality type indicator out there. So that's one of the reasons why I chose to use it myself when I decided that I was going to get certified in, in being certified in the MBTI or personality type. So beyond that... Uh, personality type, what it really means is it's how your brain is wired. So we are all born with a personality type, even though we may not see it initially in our children, it's developed over time. However, that is initially how our brain is wired. So some people think that personality type changes over time and they ask, is it nurture versus nature? It is uh, nature initially. So it's our foundation. That's why it's so core to understand our own personality type and how our brain is wired along with our partner, our spouse, our kids, uh, so that we can understand um, who they are. But then nature does come into effect. So we do learn skills. We do learn how to uh, use other sides of our personality to get through in life. The whole thing completely fascinates me because as everyone that listens knows, I have three children. (laughs) <laughs> they they could not be more different if they tried and they uh-huh. really try. <laughs> um, and it, it is fascinating because obviously my husband and I, that we started off with the first one and then we did things pretty much the same, we felt with the second one. And then we thought we were doing things pretty much the same with the third one. And then it became very apparent that what we'd done for the first two just was not going to work with that one. Um, And it's due to very extreme differences in personality. And in fact, as they've got older, especially with my oldest two, there has been distinct personality changes happening, I guess, as we've gone into the teenage years and stuff like that, um, that we just never even expected. But then when you look back, they were already there. 
and and yet they're sort of they've come to the front now and we just hadn't sort of realized them so much before so i'm absolutely fascinated by this topic mm-hmm. and the reason i really want to get you on as a guest is because I know from personal experience what a difference it makes as to how you deal with each person within the family, how you speak to them, what they're capable of doing, how they see their values that are perhaps different to yours. And your personality has a huge effect on how you are able to declutter and organize, in my opinion, because of the fact that I've had so many clients now and I can see that what I can suggest for one won't work for another and we have to sort of tweak things and look at how how they work best. So how is this affecting people's ability to declutter and organize their homes? So how does personality play a part in that? Yeah, that's a great question. And so the so the Myers-Briggs personality type, it is broken down into four, four components. One is how you get your energy, which is through extroversion or introversion. And two is how we take in information, which is through our sensing or um, intuition. So you're either very detail-oriented or big picture. And then the next one is how we make decisions, which is thinking, which is very logical or feeling, which Um, is basically we make decisions based on our values, which is typically people. But the last component is how we live our life, which is the judging or perceiving uh, component. And so when I say judging, I mean, like, think of a court judge, not being judgmental, but like a court judge where the judge is there to make a decision. So that's what this judging personality type is, is they are constantly there wanting to make a decision about everything in their world and they want everything to come to a closure. So the way they approach their life, the way they organize, and this gets into organization, time management, scheduling, and routines Mm -hmm. is completely opposite than the perceiving type, which they're about not scheduling their life, not coming to a closure. They're complete opposite. They want to leave their options open as long as they can. So their brain is wired completely different. They're adaptable, flexible. They don't want to schedule. They don't like routines. They want to see what happens. And so when it comes to organizing and creating your schedule and decluttering, they approach it in a much different way. And and their values are different even of what they think is important. So so the J personality type can get anxiety over um, circumstances. So for instance, if the dishes are left in the sink overnight, they can't go to sleep at night because it's not closed. The dishes have not been put away. Where the P personality type, they like to play and they can work as they play. So having it open is not a, is not a big deal to them. So they can have dishes in the sink. I love that example because my very, very oldest best friend came to stay from the UK a few weekends ago. I hope she's listening to this episode. (laughs) And we'd had um, dinner in the evening and it got really late and we hadn't cleared up the kitchen. And she sort of went into the kitchen before we went to bed and she was like, oh, we need to do this. And I was like, no, I'm really tired. I'm going to leave it for the morning. I'd rather just go to bed and get my rest and I'm fine to do it in the morning. Now, I know she never in her house would be able to leave it. She would stay up until it was finished because that's her personality type. She can't leave it open. So that's really interesting. So she's obviously the one personality type and I'm the other because I'm quite happy if if 
bed for me is more important than cleaning the dishes. Yeah. And that's interesting. So does it sound like you're more along that P, the per- perceiving uh, personality type where you like things a little bit more open-ended, you're flexible. If the routine changes, you're okay with that versus being scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is what um, I'm always saying on this podcast is really slightly strange is that I am naturally very disorganized and I have to really work at it to get things to happen on time, to schedule things. Everything has to be written down. My mum's been asking me to ask the kids something for like over a week now before we go at Christmas. And she said to me today, did you ask them? And I was like, oh, no, I hadn't written it on my list. Because if it's not written down, it's just gone. It's like, (laughs) so... um, (laughs) So no, definitely that's that much more that personality type. So th- this is absolutely fascinating. Okay, I'm I'm pleased I understand that how different my friend and I are now. But that's good. We obviously like yin and yang. It fits. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really great. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is like yin and yang. It is complete opposites. And when you can understand how each other operates, then you can lean into each other and knowing when okay if she needs to do this or it's going to stress her. So. Uh, either I can jump in or somebody else can jump in or we can plan that way. But that's how it is with our children and our spouses too. If we can understand what causes them the stress, then at the moment, usually the rule is whoever has the the most need at the time is what you gravitate towards. So if you're very, very tired that night and you can't do it, well, then somebody else steps in and helps clean the kitchen or your friend has to do it by yourself and just, uh, you know, have a hard time with that, or maybe it's not a big deal for her to do that. So just understanding kind of where you are, who you are, and what is stressful for you, and what's going to put stress on somebody else is really, it's a it's a good barometer to kind of see your relationships and how to create that harmony and helpfulness with each other, but also taking care of yourself when you need to. Yeah. And I think this is what I see so often when I go to work with families, especially, um, they'll say, oh, I can't get the kids to pick up or this child's room's really tidy, but this child's room's really messy. So how is this difference in personality making it difficult for families to sort of work together to create a home that's organized? Because it, it does really cause a huge amount of problems, I think, which people aren't aware of. This The judging and perceiving personality type or the J and the P really causes probably the most conflict in relationships than anything else, because it does involve uh, picking up, being organized, being on time and having an understanding of time and, um, and structuring your day. So it can cause a lot of friction when you're completely opposite. So it also, when you, you look at with children, If you don't understand who they are and what their needs are, and your type is completely opposite of them, especially if both parents are, you're going to start seeing meltdowns and stress because they're going to have to be spending all their energy doing something that's outside of their natural behavior. So if you can think of like writing with your right hand or your left hand, your dominant hand versus your non-dominant, it's like personality type. So if you're constantly writing with your non-dominant hand, at some point, it's going to be really hard and it's going to really tire you out and you might melt down. <laughs> a kid, yeah. a child definitely 
is going to have a meltdown. So understanding their type and how to motivate them and how to set your environment in a way that you can meet your needs and theirs at the same time is really the ultimate goal. And with all relationships, there is compromise. So a, a child who is this judging, this judging type of child, they need order in their life. And they, then they're just going to naturally pick up um, uh, their clothes. If you look at their closet, it's, closets are a really great mm. uh, way to view who a personality type is. So if you go into a, a judging person's closet or even a child, you'll see, and it's be interesting because you've worked with so many people. I'd love to hear your, your insight on this. Uh, typically, a judging child will have all their clothes put away, sometimes, or I mean, especially an adult, Sometimes you'll even see it color-coded or seasonal or pants here, dress dress items here, workout play clothes here, where the perceiving child, if you look at their closet, it's going to be, well, you're lucky if things are on a hanger most of the time. <laughs> Everything's pushed in. <laughs> pushed in, right? Shoved into the drawers. Uh, there's, there's probably not necessarily a sock drawer and shorts drawer. It's probably kind of mixed together. Um because because for them to organize their external world, they're in, they're organized internally inside their mind, which parents don't see. So sometimes they get real stressed and scared that their kids will never be able to be organized. But what it is, is they're externally not organized. So it's very hard for them to externally organize their world. And yeah. so if you have a judging parent and a perceiving child, it can cause that judging parent a lot of stress because one, looking at a mess is hard for them. And they're, they're really seeking closure. And then plus they worry that their child is never going to be able to organize their life as they grow up. So, and then you have the opposite of a judging child with a perceiving parent and the judging child can have meltdowns because there's not a schedule in place and they need a little bit of control over their world. And if things are a mess around them, then they can have meltdowns too, because they're really needing a structured routine in their day. So there can be lots of conflicts in these two areas. Yeah, I can actually, I can use our family as an example. Um, We have one child who really struggles to keep their room tidy. They will try really hard, but they they just can't pick anything up. And a few years ago now, and it really is quite some years ago, we had tried to sort of say, come on, once a week, we're going to tidy up and would go in, in their room and try and support them with it. And we got to the point where I actually said to my husband one evening, I think we are really stressing them out. I think we're making them miserable. And I think we need to back off because we we actually didn't have very high expectations at all, but <laughs> even those were clearly making them unhappy. And so we went and spoke to them and said, okay, this is your space. As long as it's not infringing on everyone else, let's say we we just leave it. If If this is how it's easier for you to live at the moment, that's fine. But we do need to be able to get in and vacuum once a week. And we need to be able to clean the bathroom in there once a week and, and that sort of stuff. And it was like someone had just like diff- like just let all the pressure off. And there was such a change in behavior at that point as well, because they clearly suddenly felt more relaxed about everything. And so that was a huge learning curve for me and for my husband. 
And I'm so grateful that we realized that we'd actually done an online parenting course around that time. And, and I'd had a bit of an aha moment and thought, oh, perhaps we should just try not asking them to do anything and see what happens. And it, it really worked. But it's really helped me with working with families because I'm able to say to them, just because that's okay for child number one, it really perhaps isn't going to work for child number two or child number three. And you need to talk to them and ask them what makes you feel comfortable, what that I ask you is difficult, how would you actually like your things organized and that sort of stuff. Um, And it makes a huge difference to then the family dynamic and the relationship. So it is super important. And you asked about closets and I can actually use mine and my husband's closet as an example. And this is where I very definitely am. Is it perceiving? Did you say? Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Perceiving. My husband clearly judge. You open his closet, everything's super organized, folded very carefully, very, 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 very orderly. Um, My closet is also organized because I've comarried it and then I'm lucky I don't have a huge amount of stuff anymore. So it's easy to keep organized. Mm -hmm. I'm not great at putting things away when I know I probably should do. I'm not necessarily always good at putting things back straight away when I should do. And if you open my closet, it doesn't look necessarily always like the closet of a Komari consultant because it's difficult for me. I have to work at it. And if I'm having a difficult week, then things do slip a little bit. I can quickly reset it and I much prefer how it looks when it is all how it should be. But it it is hard for me. So mm-hmm. I think our two closets are probably a good example. Absolutely. And mine and my husband's closets are exactly the same as yours and your husband's. Um, so there's a couple of things with that. Uh, one is for our relationship, when we first got married, we did have a lot of conflict with this area because he wanted a very picked up home. And I'm naturally not, um, I'm not dirty. I'm not mess, super messy, but I do leave my shoes out in the living room, which, you know, he doesn't want, he wants everything put away. Yeah. So I've learned to keep our living areas picked up, but I have my closet where I can kind of keep that my space where if I just need to throw something in there, it's okay. And it's not going to bother anybody because they can, he can shut the door and not see it. Um, so, but I have to have a space where I can just kind of put things until I'm ready to put them away. Yeah. Because the main difference between the judging and perceiving, one of them is the judging person wants to make a decision all the time. Where can I make a decision? But for perceivers, making decisions is very difficult. We want to keep our options open as long as possible. So if you think about organizing, it's mm-hmm. constant decision-making. Where does the shirt go? Where does this go? How do I put this away? And that's what's really difficult and tiring for a perceiving person. So especially when you're really tired or your child's really tired, asking them to put things away in a way that's uh, very tedious will be very hard for them. So having structures that are even like buckets for a perceiving child where they can kind of throw things in makes it so much easier for them and not expecting like what you did with your child, which was brilliant, but but having the expectations on them for what each child can handle and what they need is really helpful for them. I mean, ultimately, we want our children to learn how to function in this world that suits them best. 
And one of the issues with the judging parent and the perceiving child is the judging person, they can organize their world really well and it works really well for them. And they, they organize their world by controlling it and what's going on around them. And because it works well for them, they always want to put this type of organization scheduling and how to live your life on that perceiving person. Well, because that perceiving person is completely different, it's very stressful for them. Yeah. So the perceiving child needs to really figure out a way that works best for them, which is what you were doing with your own child is, okay, let's, let's have a, let's figure out what we need. Number one, we need to be able to clean the bathroom and get into your room. That's first step. And then as they grow up and mature, they are going to learn what works for them because we don't want to always have a mess around us. We like it when it looks nice. It's just keeping up with that routine of putting things away all the time is very difficult for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fascinating that you're making the point about, you know, if you're a perceiving adult and you're living in a house with an adult with the judge personality, how this causes conflict basically, because one of you wants it done a certain way and it works for you, but the other person's resistant to that. And this is the theme that comes up the most in my online course. The people in the course are always asking, how do I get the significant other that lives with me to to do this how I would like it to be done? And I always say, And I'm going to be telling them to listen to this episode because it's come up so much, especially in this last run of the course. I'm always saying to them, you have to accept that personalities are different. And just because it works for you, it's not necessarily going to fit for them. And you somehow have to find this middle ground where both of you compromise a bit in order to find a way that is acceptable for both of you. So maybe it's not going to be as amazingly perfectly organized as the judge personality would like it to be, but it's going to be more organized than the perceiving person would have chosen for it to be. And then somewhere you sort of (laughs) meet, meet in that middle ground. What advice can you give to couples who have this situation? Because it is so common. It is so common. Yes, that is definitely common. And I I love your advice. Uh, One of the other tips I would add is separate the process from the end goal Mm -hmm. and distinguish between is the goal, let's say, let's say we're putting our dishes in the dishwasher. Is the goal to have clean dishes or is the goal to fill the dishwasher exactly the way you want it? Because we hear stories of people having fights over just how to load the dishwasher, which I understand there is an efficiency and sometimes things may be washed better, but separate the end goal from the process. Uh, Especially when you are working with a judging parent and a perceiving child, because the perceiving child likes to play while they do their chores. And so if a judging parent is watching their perceiving child do the chore, it's going to drive them insane. They're going to get upset. They're going to start micromanaging. So when the child is old enough, the tip is give them their chores, leave the room, tell them what the end result is and what you expect to see when they are done, but leave the room. Do not watch them actually do the process. 
because that's what we're really getting towards is the end goal, not the process. And that process is what causes a lot of the friction of, yeah. of getting there. Um, that, that's interesting because I'll just keep using my family because I don't don't like using clients as examples. But my end goal is always just to get the stuff off the counter in the kitchen and into the dishwasher, like as fast as possible. Let's just get it out of here just so it looks yes. tidy. Um, whereas my husband wants the dishwasher stacked in a certain way so that he can fit the most possible stuff in there. If I'm left with a few things piled up on the side that then end up going in in the morning because they didn't fit in, that doesn't bother me at all. But my husband has to have everything in there. So it turns into some sort of Tetris game. That's it. And he'll start moving stuff that I've put in there. And I it used to really annoy me. And I've actually learned now, he'll, he'll disagree. He'll say, I still say something. But I've tried to learn to just go, okay, fine. If, if it makes him happy, <laughs> then I'll just yeah. leave him to it. That's his problem. If he wants to spend hours trying to load the dishwasher, I've got other things. So I can just walk off and go and do something else and leave him to get on with it. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And also, and, and part of the personality type too is, is helping you, which you have done a great job of just letting it go, but helping understand not to get offended by that because my husband cannot rest when there's dishes on the sink. I, as a P will be okay with that, but that really bothers him because he wants a very tidy, picked up, clean sink. So knowing, okay, that is the motivation behind why he is doing that helps helps you as a spouse say, okay, that's important to him. So if he wants to finish the final 10% and do all this rearranging, then then that's on him, right? And then you don't have to be offended because the motivation is really his personality and the way he's wired versus something that you're doing wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I think everyone will be listening, will be finding this absolutely fascinating going, yes, that's us. And, oh, I'm a P or oh, I'm a judge. And it's just brilliant. So can you give us some practical tips on decluttering and organizing when you have got family members um, who are different types? Why is it important to use different approaches? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So there's a lot of different things that you can do. I mean, one of them is, I would say, first, try and pay attention and experiment with what works with your family and what works with you and paying attention to why you're stressed, number one, and what causes you to be a little upset helps you understand your emotional intelligence and understand your own personality type. So understanding yourself first is a starting point, because if you understand what causes you to uh, be upset or wanting something a certain way and finding the motivation behind that, then it helps you back off if you need to. So you can mm -hmm. compromise and then understanding your child. So if you are different than your spouse or your child, uh, one is experiment. Uh, two is to just to have a better understanding of their type, which I will provide some resources um, that you can provide to your audience of understanding types with tips. So one would be if you have for instance, a perceiving child and you have your um, nightly routine of picking up for 10 minutes every night, right? So your perceiving child, they do not want to do the same thing every single night. They're not going to want to have the same routine. They're not going to want to do the same thing every single day. So if you can add some kind of variety and some kind of fun into their 
into that nightly pickup time. It could be um, pulling cards out of a hat of who does what what task that night. So there's an element of surprise that mm-hmm. is helpful. Um, a perceiving child does not want to have a chore chart that they have to check off. So that might help the parent. Yeah. But that's not necessarily going to help the uh, perceiving child. That's just really going to stress them out. However, the judging child really likes to have that chore chart and they like to um, to check off what they've done. So the judging person gets like a satisfaction of checking things off. Yep. It's so fascinating because when my kids were little, I tried doing, you know, these motivation charts and and charts for different things. And it was quite clear that for a couple of them, this was a great motivator. And for one of them, definitely not. Like it, it stressed them. It stressed them so much. So I think a lot of parents see these sort of reward charts and chore charts and let's tick it off and as as a thing we should all be doing with all children and it's just not the case at all and the sooner people realize that the better for these poor kids because it's really stressing them out Mm -hmm. exactly and the less they're stressed the less we're stressed and we can and we can do things more fun together then we're all going to all going to be happier Uh, another tip i would have for a perceiving parent with a judging child is to do things that you can keep up with. So the perceiving person has a hard time with routine, with keeping scheduled, planning ahead, and uh, keeping things on time when they say they're going to do something. Because we view time kind of more as general. The judging person views it literal. Like five o'clock is five o'clock. Yeah. Um, So I would say with a uh, perceiving parent and a judging child, put some things and parameters in place where the judging child has more control over their environment. So they have that anything that they need at their hands that they can they can either put away and even access like when they're doing homework, let them have access to the pens and the pencils and, and the staplers and put them in charge of even organizing it. That makes them feel really great when they have control and can do something to help the family. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to have a cleanup time and you're a perceiving parent, if you are very scheduled throughout the day, then having that every single day is going to be hard for you to stay up with. Yeah. If you have more of a relaxed day, you can schedule that every night at a certain time, but just make sure that whatever you decide to do that you can stay with because the judging child will have a hard time if you say you're going to do something and then you don't because yeah. they expect routine, they expect schedules. and when things don't go as planned, that's when you might see a meltdown because they plan for that and they've scheduled that and um, and they want to see that come to pass. I think everyone listening is going to be like, oh, how can I find out more about this? Because it it is key to, as you said at the very start, to having a harmonious home. It is absolutely key. And I I think lots of people, because we're so busy and we're trying to get the kids from A to B and the after school clubs and to school and cook the dinner, we forget that the way that we're working is not necessarily going to be working for the people that we're living with. And it might actually be a contributing factor to the behaviors that are happening. So for example, if I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you have a perceiving child and they're permanently being taken from school to after school clubs and everything's scheduled and structured, what what they probably need is to come home and just play and have some free time. And all this one thing after another 
is quite anxiety inducing for them. Am I right with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've been brought in to help parents who their children are having some behavioral issues and they were going to take them to behavioralists. But I said, let me just do their personality type first, just so we can have a foundation of who they are. And what we found was their environment um, was for a perceiving child. It was very structured and they had no time to just relax, play, have fun. And so they would have meltdowns when they were asked to do one more task. And what uh, parents don't necessarily always understand is that the perceiving child actually does better work when they play. Yeah. So they need that outlet. They need that outlet um, to just to just relax and let off steam. Yeah. And just have some downtime and let their brain be free for a bit rather than always thinking, what's the next thing that, that's coming? It's interesting you say that because our child who struggles with keeping their room tidy they're also the one that doesn't want to make play dates and have lots of things scheduled. And we'll be going, come on, you, do you not want to see a friend this weekend? No, I just want some time to chill. That's that's exactly what they say. I just want some time on my own to do the things I want to do. So they clearly understand themselves very well. And luckily, we've been tuned in enough to that to we ask because we think socially they should be meeting up with somebody perhaps but we also have to respect the fact that that's not what they want to do it, it doesn't make them happy doing that so it it's a it's a difficult balance sometimes yes and what you were just uh hitting on was the extroversion and introversion as well as the j and the p so when you mix them together you know you compound them so an extrovert typically likes to get out and have lots of noise and music. So what you'd see like with a, a P extrovert is they might want to have free time, but it's going to be very lively and fun and maybe with lots of people where an introvert person is going to be more quiet, chill. I don't want any pressure. I just want to be able to do whatever I want. Um, and with the introvert, though, they typically just have a few good friends and that's all they need. And it's yeah. helpful when a parent knows that and that's okay. They just yeah. need a few good friends and, and then that's all that they need in their life and they're good. And um, so it's, it's, it's great that your children have you as a parent that can really be in tune with them and, and help them understand themselves. So that's ultimately what we're here for is to help our kids understand themselves because when they're children and growing up into teenage years and even college age, they're really trying out what works for them and what doesn't. And we need to give them space to fail forward, really to really see what works for them and what doesn't. Because when they're young, there really is no such thing as failure. And if we as parents, we're so worried about our kids being successful in life and, and achieving so much that we don't want them to what society might call failure. But if we change that perspective, it's not failing. It's just learning what works for us and what doesn't. And the earlier that we learn that, the better then we can give our children the freedom that they need to experience and experiment in life for who they are and what works for them. Yeah. Oh, gold. I love it. Fantastic. It's so it's so interesting just to talk it all through because I think we've intuitively been doing it without actually knowing what it is. <laughs> I'd, I'd never heard of MBTI before you and I actually connected so it was all totally new for me. And I'm I'm going to be reading up on this because I think it is absolutely fascinating. And I know that it will help me serve my clients better and the people on my course better because I can help them better understand 
why these conflicts are arising when they're having decluttering and organizing problems. So where can people find out more about you? Because I know they will want to. Oh, well, thank you so much. So you can go to my website, which is skipper.io and just backslash Julia Brickman, my name, and you can find more information. I'll have resources and handouts and more information on MBTI. And uh, we are getting ready to do some, some videos and different types of things that um, can be helpful to people um, wanting to understand how to really interact with their children 